the University of Johannesburg. The future reimagined. Hello, and thank you for downloading this edition of Innovative Research at the University of Johannesburg. My name is Professor Maria Framab, and I'm the Executive Director of the Library at the University of Johannesburg. And I am the host of this podcast series. Today, I'm very fortunate to introduce to you Professor Habib Norbay, who is an Associate Professor in Sports Science. He's also the Director of the Biomedical Engineering and Health Technology Research Center within the UJ Faculty of Health Science. Professor Norbay is doing very interesting research looking at health technology in the fourth industrial revolution and also within this time of COVID. So I'm going to start by asking you, Professor Nordby, what exactly do we mean by health technology? Well, thank you so much, Prof. Maria and colleagues for having me on this podcast. I think it's certainly a job well done and we need more engagements of this nature. Really appreciate the engagement for today. We, we are in a very uh, we, we reside in a very interesting time right now in terms of healthcare technology, the fourth industrial revolution, and you know, it talks about even the fifth industrial revolution coming, coming through very, very soon. But within the healthcare setup, we, we are noticing some rapid developments within the healthcare perspective, and not just technologies being innovative, but innovations itself. And healthcare technologies refer to various technologies and innovations that are being manufactured or developed to assist in improving healthcare across the board, whether it's with enhancing patient care and well-being, whether it's about improving healthcare systems in both public and private sectors, or even in just terms in terms of creating um, novel and innovative devices or products that would really assist any stakeholder that operates within the healthcare industry. In your research, what have you found? are the greatest benefits of these varying different healthcare technology innovations? Yeah, so I think it really depends on the context of where the benefit would lie. So I think if we talk from a South African perspective, we are quite cognizant of the vast socioeconomic inequalities that we are faced with. In addition to that, we have a number of social determinants of health that we would need to consider in in any of the healthcare technology areas uh, that, that we would be focusing on. But in aside from inequalities, there's also a discrepancy in terms of inequities. So while on the one hand, we're talking about 4IR and we're talking about technology being evolved at a rapid rate, at the same time, we still have to be cognizant of those, particularly within the public or rural areas, who do face a paucity of some of the 3IR basic needs that, that are still required. So I think it's really important. I mean, we've had a number of discussions in the past on different platforms in terms of mass adoption of technology within the African context and where that can really assist vulnerable and marginalized settings by even for that matter, having access to, to Wi-Fi or even internet, because I think that's a good stop. Because if they have access to that on a very consistent and optimal basis, it allows us then to see, okay, well, what is the next step in terms of them to adopt a more innovative choice of mindset? It's that mindset that we need to start adopting. And even if we're looking in the private healthcare sector, we are now identifying that the different generation groups, um, we're finding that the innovation mindset has not really hit home in terms of 4 
and what the benefits of FOIA are can really assist on the more on the more broader sense. Um, we know that the FOIA R is a culmination of the biological, virtual, and digital system that we currently work in. And the COVID-19 pandemic has certainly provided the impetus for that. And the benefits are quite large, to answer your question, because we are now not only understanding how certain technologies are going to assist in healthcare and improved healthcare, but also from a research perspective, we are now starting to see that the data that we are able to obtain is robust. We are able to see that the measures and the different objectives that we have are not only sustainable, but are also but also has the ability to be applicable and replicated to various other dynamics in other settings and other areas for them to be uh, for them to apply within their context. So, at this point in time, with our research center, uh, we are working on a number of projects. And to give you some tangible examples, uh, one project that we are particularly looking at is additive manufacturing through three D printing for certain devices or products that would assist rural populations or in marginalized settings. So for example, we are collaborating with the fabrication lab on the Bunting Road campus, and we're looking at whether we can innovate a prosthetic device uh, for any for any amputation patient, MPT patient, uh, through 3D printing. And we want to um, innovate these different prosthetic limbs via 3D printed limbs, which would be sustainable more cost effective and this would allow them to this would allow patients within rural communities or in public health care areas to be able to afford this and have access to these. So that's the one area is amputees. And in the other area we have the elderly who require dentures. And we're now also trying to see whether we can formulate dentures through 3D printing models. So the the, the, the consensus is is that truly innovative in technological products or devices that are put that are put out, whether it's from first world countries or the global north, one would think, hmm, it might be too expensive, it might be too costly. Can that can can something like that be applicable, replicated within uh, a South African context or an African context? And I think for us, that's also what we are really passionate about. It's not we do not want to forget the little guy, so to speak. Um, we have a handful of people who require prosthetic limbs or devices or even dentures, but they can't have access to that because not only do they not have medical aid, they just can't afford it. So what if we can provide those, what if we can provide that gap in terms of cost-effective materials that are not only sustainable, but are durable and provides a solution to the problem to their particular health need? So that's one cluster for project that we're focusing on is 3D printing. The other project, without taking too much of your time, that we're focusing on is looking at developing an mHealth and digital health learning platform. What we have found during the pandemic is the abstinence of skills-based learning within the laboratories for health sciences students. Because of lockdown, they were not able to go into the lab and do their, uh, their regular clinical learning skills or different skills that were required for them to become a health professional. So. With this digital health platform, are we able to integrate different forms of technologies through gamification or simulated-based learnings on these platforms so that they can still upskill themselves while working from home or while learning their clinical skills remotely? So that's the kind of tangible project that I wanted to share. And I think as I've discussed this project, you might be able to identify some of those benefits that would emanate from this research that it's not only from a research and internationalization perspective, but it also focuses on the threads of teaching and learning, as well as the threads of uh, community engagement. That sounds absolutely fascinating. And 
the idea of using 4IR technology um, in places of real poverty and where people don't actually have access to even um, two IR type of technologies, let alone three IR technologies, is really um, exciting and innovative. Um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about the idea of the digital health learning product. It sounds absolutely fascinating. And I'm wondering, is there a way in which this could be used for the public at large and not just for students that are studying health sciences? Absolutely. So the, the, the learning platform is geared not only towards health sciences students, but also healthcare practitioners. And the idea is for, for this platform to be developed as a multimodal interface where not only health sciences students will be able to use it, but also healthcare professionals working within hospital-based or medical-based settings. It would be accessible to the wider public as an open source, uh, but that being said, it would only be uh, used for healthcare practitioners slash students or registrars or even you know interns for that matter. But it's not just for, uh, the, the idea is that down the line is that we don't want to create a platform to, for just one particular um, healthcare profession. The idea is to pilot with one or two healthcare professionals initially, which is what we're currently doing. And then thereafter have a multimodal platform in which a number of healthcare practitioners and students can utilize the platform. So in this stage, we are using the biokinetics profession as a pilot to see whether we are able to gamify or even simulate the different skills that are required within the curriculum using an online in, in an e-learning approach. Now, one would think, how would you be able to do that? Because surely you need sophisticated equipment and the equipment is not in front of you. And we have found that with the integrations of different games or gamification for healthcare and virtual reality, that the understandings of the normative values or the approaches or the different segments that are required to do these clinical approaches have actually increased through these different types of learnings. And so that's our goal is that it wouldn't only be used by students, but even healthcare practitioners would be able to introduce and integrate the aspects of digital health using these platforms. So one of the most important indices that we have found um, in a, reading the Future Health Index report from 2019 is that out of the 15 country average, only around 37% of healthcare practitioners in South Africa utilize or have a digital approach within their practice. And that's really low. And it's a lot lower than the other 15 average countries where it was a, above 50% to above 60%. So there's not only a need to upskill healthcare practitioners when it comes to telehealth or digital health, there's also a need to innovate these types of multimodal platforms so that we are not just educating healthcare students and practitioners on a certain deliverable. But at the same time, we are inculcating this area of technology and innovations within various types of healthcare settings, whether it's in the private sector or in the healthcare sector. So there's a massive need for digital health education, telehealth adoption. And with that, we are hoping that we can integrate this within the curriculum so that by the time students have graduated, they will have a number of graduate attributes. And one of those graduate attributes is to have the adoption of telehealth and digital health adoptions within their particular healthcare 
expertise or specialization. So to answer your question, it would be open outside of the outside of, of, of the university. Uh, but I think we need to start taking small steps to develop the proof of concept, uh, make sure the MVP is in place, and then thereafter roll it out to a number of students, staff, and healthcare practitioners to see what works, what doesn't work, what needs attention. And at this point in time, we are yet to receive ethical approval on the project. And uh, the first step would be to interview uh, and have focus group discussions with a number of health sciences staff and students to see where's the gaps and what's needing work because the content that would be derived from the interviews and focus groups of these um, individuals will be so crucial because it will inform the development of the platform. And so we can't jump the gun and just go and develop the platform without knowing what the real issues are. We need to go and do a needs analysis and investigate what are the problems, go to the ground level and ask what are the issues, what are the challenges, and then develop a platform that speaks to these issues. And then hopefully it will be a solution focused. It will be a solution that is catered towards the healthcare fraternity focus on both healthcare practitioners and healthcare students. Professor, this sounds so exciting and so interesting. You have talked a lot about um, the digital understanding of healthcare. And one of the things that we are all aware of is big data and how so much data is being generated in things like Fitbits, for example. Is this an area that your center is looking at? And how are we teaching our healthcare students to begin to use this sort of data in their clinical approaches? Absolutely. So, I mean, big data or data alone, as we come to know, is now the real commodity before it was oil or any other type of natural resource. But we're now finding that data in itself is the real commodity, especially within the academic and healthcare circles. Um, one of the most important things is um, to really understand how we can adopt these various technologies using data, internet of medical things, et cetera, et cetera, because data is the is the is the key ingredient that informs various of innovations and technologies. So yes, uh, our center does focus on certain innovations. So for example, uh, Fitbits may not be a focus in the near future, but what is our focus is to maybe focus down the line on some sort of robotics or even different types of drone technologies or virtual realities. And the big data that you speak about, that is a, are, those are key ingredients that informs the development of these technologies or even software development, such as the platform that I've just spoken about. So it it really depends on the technology is so vast and so wide. It really depends on where you want to play in. But for now, we've got two or three focus areas. We want to do those well before we move on to the next types of innovation. So the more collaborators and the more funding opportunities we have for our Beat Research Center, the more we can do and the more we can help society at large. Thank you so much for such a fascinating conversation. It's really exciting to hear how 4IR technology is transforming healthcare and making healthcare more affordable um, for people who otherwise wouldn't have access to varying forms of health. So, Professor um, Habib Norbai, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been fascinating chatting to you, and we look forward to hearing about more of the research that you are doing in your center. To everybody who's been listening to the podcast, thank you so much for joining us. Be well and stay safe. The University of Johannesburg. The future reimagined.